Welcome to the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brush Builders Union, Simon Berman. This month, I am joined by Mocha of Mocha's Miniatures. How are you doing, Mocha? Hi there. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So, uh, Mocha, you came to my attention because our mutual friend Shoshi Bauer had been talking you up, and uh, I learned that you are a commission painter, an award-winning painter. Uh, you have a blog, you do instruction, and uh, you're, you're kind of the, the, the all-around painting guru these days on Twitch and elsewhere online. So uh, I was really excited to talk to you about what you're doing. Oh, thank you. That's that's very kind. Um, yeah, podcast over. You pretty much summed it up. No. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, folks. Um, it's been great. That's it. Yeah, we're out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And a big thanks to Sh- uh, Shoshi. I just I think she's a fantastic painter, and I've known her for for quite some time. And uh, I just think it's really really awesome that that she that my name came up. So, <laughs> but I'm happy yeah. to be here and just going with the flow. And I'm happy to talk about whatever. Right on. So uh, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit. You know. Uh, what kind of painting you do these days, and maybe we'll talk a little bit how you got to be there. Um, sure. So uh, yeah, I'm looking at your website right now, mochaminis.com, and uh, you do commission work. Um, you do a Twitch stream, I think, uh, weekly, maybe more than that? Yes, yeah, a couple of times a week. Yeah, so uh, so what what is the, the Mocha Miniatures experience in 2021? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's caffeinated. I've got my little cup of coffee. I know it's in the evening, but I, I have a lot of work to do this evening, so... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it started out, um, gosh, I started getting into tabletop gaming back in 2010. And uh, I was introduced to Dungeons and and Dragons. Uh, You know, I really, really loved both fourth edition and fifth edition. And it grew into um, kind of the the thing that we would get together like every single weekend. We'd have game night. And that's when I discovered, oh, I can have my miniature look like the character that I've created. So that's when I found uh, Reaper Miniatures and ordered my first mini. And when they came in, I uh, <laughs> honestly, I thought they were going to be like three times the size. I got the package ah. and I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, I can't, who paints something this small? This is ridiculous. I'm, I, whatever. So <laughs> I, I put it aside for, oh gosh, probably almost two months, I think, before uh-huh. I went to my game store and, and, uh, you know, got the Citadel paint pots and sat down and had no idea what I was doing, but I painted my first mini. And I so said, <laughs> let me stop you real quick. What was your first, what was your character? Oh, uh, so I, uh, my character, her name was Aurora Larkspur, which after a while, it's just really hard to pronounce. Um, <laughs> but she, <laughs> oh gosh, she was a, if I can remember back in 2010, she was a, um, uh, not, she was a wizard, but um, I, it was wild magic is what I spec'd in. There was there were a couple of different things because I, I knew I wanted to play a caster. And um, so there was like Warlock, and but one of our friends was already playing Warlock. So I was like, oh, I can't do that. I'll look like a copycat. And uh, what else? I want to say, you know, I, I always have played mage characters in every single video game that I've ever played. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to take that and apply that to our tabletop gaming. But, but yeah, yeah, I uh, was a terrible, terrible player at first. Um, I was really the person that painted stuff, showed up at game night, and then got horrible stage fright and didn't know how to give my character a personality or a voice for the longest time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's a pretty common experience for new players. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I played with some people that were really, really into it. And, you know, we had music and, you know, the ambiance and, you know, people would get into character and they'd have like voices and all this rich backstory. And I'm like, hey, I'm here uh, with my character <laughs> and my character does this because this is my exact ability. And it's like, don't read your character sheet out loud. That's not how this works. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was a big learning curve, but I really, I really came to love it. And our game group met for, gosh, almost um, every month for three years. But, but yeah, that's how I got into painting. And uh, it just, it kind of grew from there. Yeah. And then I, I found out, you know, there's different miniature companies and different brands of paint. And then I found out that some of these companies have conventions. And so in 2014, I went to my first, uh, it was uh, at Reaper, Reaper Miniatures, ReaperCon. And I remember just being super excited. I took 
like 10 classes. Uh, I don't think they'll allow you to do that technically. Cause like, that's like burnout central, but I was like just yeah. doing like 10 hours a day of classes and wow. just eating it all up. And I yeah. took notes and uh, I was just so excited. But, but after that, you know, my painting skills grew and I just developed this, this love for it. And I wanted to, um, you know, share it, what I knew and learn because, you know, no one knows absolutely everything. I've got plenty to learn, but I feel like with every mini I paint, I get just a little bit better, or at least I know what not to do. <laughs> sure. So here's a question for you. What, what was the, what is the joy of miniatures painting that grabbed you? What, what is it about miniatures painting that made you go, I'm doing this thing like I got to do it for my D&D game, but now I want to keep doing it. I love it. I want to take 10 hours of classes and burn myself out at ReaperCon. And <laughs> I think you even won it. Maybe you won an award at your first ReaperCon? I, I got an honorable mention my first ReaperCon. And I wasn't going to put anything in because I, I didn't know anything about basing. Like I just brought a mini that I painted, you know, like the metal mini with the little tab in the, uh -huh. the black base in the slot. Like I didn't even know you're supposed to glue it to the plastic base. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, tunk, 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 you know, like just shifting back and forth. And I'm like, I painted this. Please tell me how to be better. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, it, but somebody said, you know what? put it in the competition and the best thing that can happen is you get some feedback and the judges will tell you what to work on, what you did well and what you need to improve upon. So that's what I did. And uh, after that, the next year I came back in 2015 and I won gold. Wow. <laughs> so I went from honorable mention to gold, which I still joke that um, that was, that was an accident or a mistake or there was a clerical yeah. <laughs> error you know, like my name got switched with someone else's. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I really I, I practiced my butt off um, and, and just really made a lot of progress that that next year. And that's great. But uh, but again, so what was it about miniatures painting that, that oh, really yes. grabbed you? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't answer the question. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. Uh, but yeah, uh, the thing that I loved about miniature painting and you're going to laugh is it takes a relatively small amount of space. Now, this is when I was just getting started and I had I'm no idea. That, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to explode into this like big craft room and it's going to like, you know, overflow and boxes in the basement and the closet. And yeah, it's um, it's out of control at this point, 10 years later. But uh, but yeah, I, I loved the element of control. And that sounds a little strange, but no, I get it. It's, please it's, go on. Yeah, it's it's something that you can hold, you know, in your hand. You can inspect it, and uh, it's something that is just in your little personal bubble. You don't have to have these big vats of paint and all this space to, you know, work on these big canvases and all this cleanup. It's just concentrated in this wonderful little world that is right in front of you. And you've got all your, you know, hundreds of paint dropper bottles, or, you know, if, if you're smart, you mix your own. Uh, <laughs> but huh. I, I just loved how, uh, how focused I could get. And it was, I would just Zen out and I would paint and I'd play some music and I would just blend my butt off because I, I just loved blending and I loved seeing that in other people's work. And I, I just, I wanted my stuff to look as good as theirs. No, I mean, I think that's, that's really compelling. I mean, for me to a certain extent, when I'm painting a miniature, it's a way to make whatever fantasy world or historical era that I'm interested in and, and what to game in, it makes it real for a minute, doesn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can bring these characters to life. Like you can have an amazing sculpt and there's so many wonderful sculptors out there, but when you paint it, like that's yours. That's, you know, your character's personality that's coming out. You know, you get to work on the color scheme. It's just, you, you add so much to it and nobody else in this entire world will paint it exactly like you did. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's 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 really well said. Um, so you know, so you you went back to ReaperCon your second year and you you, you won the gold. Um, did that did that give you a real itch to compete at that point? Um, well, you know, again, there are a lot of great painters, and and I like, uh, you know, the setup that they have at that convention where, you know, it's it's not just one person that will win gold, or you know, um, it's it's like a, a scale of quality you know if you mm -hmm. paint to a gold standard then you get a gold medal sure. and i think that you know especially uh you know going in it's less intimidating i think for newer painters oh, and 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not so, um, I know that Shoshi mentioned on the last podcast, you know, that, that, um, the pressure of measuring up and, you know, not wanting to put something into a competition because you see all this other great work and not that we get emotionally attached to our, you know, miniatures, but we absolutely do, (laughs) you know, like you'd like to think that you don't, but you know, you put your heart and soul and time into something and then you have to like put it next to, you know, uh, this award, multi award winning painter that's, you know, flown in from Europe and you're like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, I'm just going to put this in a garbage can and never paint again. But, (laughs) but no, no, I, I think that when I did win, I, I was one shocked, um, because I, I, again, was, uh, I would have been happy with, you know, a, a bronze or even another honorable mention just to come away with anything would, yeah. would have been great, you know, even just the, the, the feedback. But when I found out that, you know, you get that, that, um, I don't know, that, that the creative juice that, that kind of, you know, just gets going and you think, okay, so I worked really hard and I painted to this standard. Now I'm going to go back and work on things that I don't do well and see if I can also get that up to a gold standard. So I think when I, um, you know, put in my miniature, it was an infinity mini, I think that, that, uh, that won. And I had put in some Reaper minis and some other stuff and you never really know what the judges are going to say that one. That's That's unless you only put in one thing, which, you know, in Reaper, you can, you know, enter in different categories and you can enter more than one, uh, but they'll, they'll narrow it down to your best piece and judge that one. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think that once I won the gold, I thought, okay, I, I want to expand this and be a consistent gold painter. And of, that's a lot of pressure. And I had no idea at the time, uh, because if you've won a gold, then, you know, you're afraid to come back the next year and paint something that's crappier and, and yeah. not get a gold. And people be like, yeah, it was a fluke. We knew it. Uh, <laughs> but I think that, that that motivation and, you know, in a healthy way can absolutely push you to try new things. And if you don't let ego enter into it, which is difficult, but if you just think about what you're trying to do, go back to why you love this in the first place and not focus so much on the competition and winning, you can absolutely gain a lot of, uh, you know, rewarding joy from it. Yeah. So, you know, um, you're still competing regularly, I assume. Um, or would be know. if the world was, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I would be competing if, if we had some, um, some more in-person uh, right. things going on, but, but I, I should enter some more online contests. I just, I live under a rock and every once in a while I'll log into Facebook and, you know, check to make sure, I, you know, the world hasn't exploded uh-huh. any, any more than it already has. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, usually don't find out about them until they're either one over or two, um, you know, right before the deadline. And right. I go, Oh, I can totally enter it. And, you know, by the time I get around to it, it's like, Nope, <laughs> it's the same happening. Sure. So, so, but when you are doing competitions, you know, um, do you tend to enter pieces that you, you've already painted and uh, just haven't shown off yet? Or are you painting new pieces for the competitions? And if so, what, 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 what goes into how you choose what you're going to sculpt to paint for a competition? Oh, sure. Um, that, that's a lesson that I learned very early on when I started competing. And I chose this monster. I think it was a river troll. And I painted him up and I thought, oh, it's such a cool piece. It's a great sculpt. You know, I, I, I don't love the, I just, I, it's, I'm not in love with it, but I painted it because I thought the judges would like that sculpt uh, and see that painted. And it, it didn't, it didn't do well. And I, I really do stand behind the whole, don't paint something that you don't love. There's nothing worse than trying to slog through a miniature thinking that other people are going to find value um, you know, in that piece. Just paint what you love. And I know that's hard the longer people paint and the more competitions that they enter. Uh, but you know, when I'm thinking about a piece, it's, it's usually something that is... Uh, either a commission and, and I'll talk to my client and say, Hey, I'm going to paint this up. But, you know, for example, uh, the last Reaper con that I went to, um, I took one of, uh, she's, um, 
uh, it's a scale 75 model, but it's Kira blade of justice. And I painted her up with all this like silver and gold, non-metallic metal. And I was like, this is a cool piece. I didn't think it was going to turn out this well, but I'm super proud of it. And that's when I asked the client, can I take this and enter it in the competition and then send it to you? <laughs> and since they weren't on a you know really tight timeline, it was just for a, a you know, collector's uh, display. They said, yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, that that's one thing that the accidental wonderful piece that, uh, you know, miraculously comes together. Uh, but otherwise, when I'm thinking of what I want to paint, I like painting skin. I like painting fabric. I'm not great at freehand, though I have tried my hand at it. it it's turned out pretty well. Um, Non-metallic metal, I think, is a challenge just in general. Oh, but, sure. But yeah, I think that trying out, you know, those those different elements um, and really pushing myself and not knowing, like I when I enter something, I'm not like, that's a gold, you know, like, uh -huh. not at all. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is the best piece that I painted. Oh my gosh, I hope it lives up to the standard. And then like, I'll go and I'll look at everybody else's stuff and I'm like, no, I'm garbage. That's it. You know, this is, I'm just, I'll be happy if I walk away with anything. But, uh -huh. but yeah, and, and of course, you know, I, I tend to, be my own worst critic. But when, when I'm looking for something to paint, it's something different than I've done in the past. It's okay. not the same old type of mini. Like if I was really great at painting dragons, I don't put a dragon in every year. Um, you know, I, I like to paint certain things, but if I can expand and, you know, for the last one, you know, paint like a lot of non-metallic metal and enter that, I'm really, really proud of that. No, I think that's a really great way to look at it. Um, but you mentioned, you know, some models that you, there are models that you really do love. What, what are your favorites? Ooh, um, oh gosh, <laughs> it'd be hard it's to tell. Everybody likes dragons. dragons. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I actually, uh, the, I did some box art um, of a dragon, which funnily enough, um, I, I have a commission going right now that is the Great Red Dragon, the Ral Partha, like um, oh, from wow. the 90s. Wow, and, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've been like painstakingly obsessing over every little thing. And luckily my client is amazing and patient. Uh, <laughs> but but I, ha I had not finished a dragon. And, uh, you know, of course, the little tiny rocky dragons, like I'll teach classes and, um, you know, baby <laughs> dragons, I've done that. But a, a regular dragon never, never you know, finished it. Uh, but Reaper had contacted me to paint uh, one of their dungeon dwellers dragons for their box art. And I was like, yeah, of course I can do that. And I sit down at the table. I'm like, I've never actually finished painting a dragon. What am I doing? <laughs> this is, why did I agree to this? This is so dumb. And, but, but, but it worked out once I calmed down because I'm easily excitable with or without caffeine. Uh, but it worked out and I'm really proud of how it came out. Uh, but I will tell you what, dragons are not my favorite. No. I, I, I love kingdom death. I love, again, like I love painting skin and there's plenty of skin to be yeah, painted. There certainly there. is some skin in kingdom death. <laughs> yes. Um, I love fantasy miniatures. Uh, I haven't really gotten deep into historical miniatures, even though I do have some that I'd like to tackle. Um, I just, I, I love high fantasy. I've got a couple of, um, I, well, we call them the Mocha Marine, and I've got a couple of Warhammer things floating around uh, that I've painted, but, you know, to be like a funny, unique chapter where they're all like coffee colored and um, sure. they've got little emblems of coffee cups on the shoulders, awesome. you know, just to keep it with the theme. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything that I don't like to paint, uh, but I would say that my strong suit is not you know, gore or gruesome monsters. I do like to paint things up to a, a really, um, you know, pretty standard, the the mm -hmm. ideal type of, um, you know, great blending and, you know, nice contrast and just bringing personality to the to the piece. Oh, that's, 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 that's very cool. Um, actually, here's a question. So, you know, you've been doing competition painting for a long time. And um, I think maybe more recently, you've kind of branched out into painting instruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, how, uh, how did that happen? You know, at what point were you like, well, I want to, I want to, I don't want to just paint to win stuff. I want to show other sure. people how to paint. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, again, like I have been very, very fortunate uh, from learning from people, taking those classes, going to different conventions, picking people's brains, uh, research on the internet. There, there's all sorts of wonderful, talented folks that uh, that share their knowledge. And you know, I'm more than happy to you know sign up for someone's Patreon and and to be able to see the step by step process of their work. And I never really thought, oh, I want to do that. Um, mostly I started out, uh, you know, teaching classes at my friendly local game store and there weren't a lot of people that were painting, but maybe they had a painting night and I brought some minis and people were like, oh, these are really cool. You know, do you teach classes? And I don't know how many times people asked me that. I was like, no, but should I? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I keep getting asked about it. Uh, but after a while, um, you know, my, uh, the owner of the local game store was like, Hey, do you want to like do some paint classes. I, I keep getting asked, you know, if, if anybody's going to do that. And I, I don't really know anybody, but your stuff's kind of cool. How about you? <laughs> so, so that's how it started. And yeah. then, you know, once I started winning competitions and, and, you know, having something to kind of show for my work, uh, that's when I was asked, you know, to teach at conventions. So it all kind of happened around the same time. And I, I didn't realize how much I would love teaching. Um, you know, a lot of times people are brand new and they're just getting into the hobby or they're getting back into it after, you know, even decades off. And uh, just to be able to show some basic things that I think is just not that miraculous, but people are like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about it that way. Oh, that's great. And then I'll see them the next year. And, you know, they've put something into the competition. They, they seem more confident in their painting. And, and even uh, my painting eyes class is probably the most rewarding for me as a teacher, because, you know, the way that we kind of go through step-by-step and give the, uh, you know, each of the students some feedback of what they can do better and, you know, what they're doing right. And just to have people, I've never painted an eye this great in my life. I've been painting for 10 years and I've never painted anything close yeah. to this. Thank you. And I'm like, I you're, sure, you're welcome. I mean, it's it's nothing that, you, you know, you, you couldn't find if you digged hard enough on there. Digged. Dug. <laughs> If you, uh, if you dug a did um, on the yeah. internet, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And so once I kind of got that, that joy and that kick from, from teaching and it started to gain the confidence as an instructor, because that's something that I did not have when I started teaching and I was so nervous and anxious. And I, I honestly, when you teach a class and even now, you don't know who's going to walk into that room and what the dynamics going to be, or if you have people that are advanced that signed up for your beginner class or a beginner that signed up for your advanced class and having to navigate that and make sure that every single person leaves happy. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, you know, it's, the, the, it's definitely stacking your favor that they're going to leave happy. I think in general, um, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of instruction myself, mostly just, you know, I've supervised some paint and takes at local conventions like OrcaCon. Um, oh yeah. I, and for me, for me, the, the real, the real fun of it is when I teach somebody who's never painted before, which is yes. typically what, what I'm doing. And, you know, it, it, it's, I'm not really running classes so much as, you know, it, it's self-guided and I walk around and give people tips and, you know, maybe do a little five minute spiel at the beginning because there'll be 40 people in there. I, I'm not a real instructor. Um, but the it's it's so gratifying when you see somebody paint their first miniature and it blows their mind what they were able to do with just a little bit of instruction, right? Yes, yeah, I I love that, and, and it also takes you back when you know we started painting and everything was new to us and anything that we painted that didn't look like garbage, we were super excited right. about. Like yeah. I painted inside the lines for the first yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> And so, you know, you you get to relive that that excitement and that pride that you have when you you get something right for the first time that you didn't think that you could do or that you've been trying for a long time and just didn't approach it in the right way until someone showed you. Yeah, actually, uh, here's the thing I'm thinking about, you know, um, I think most people listening to this podcast are probably at least you could talk intermediate painters we got some beginners too uh in the union as well but you know i think a lot of people have person basis but when you're teaching somebody to paint for the first time which i think a lot of freshwaters union members are often finding themselves doing especially right now where you know their their spouses or children may be interested in painting for the first time because there's nothing else to do right now mm-hmm. um what, what are some tips that you have for instructing a new painter if you if you can think of any 
Oh, sure. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, one, my, my Twitch channel is, is family friendly because, you know, I don't have any kids myself. I consider my dog, my kid, but you know, uh, that's that, <laughs> but the idea that you could, you know, share, uh, something like that with your family, especially with your kiddos, you know, they're trapped at home and, you know, maybe school is hybrid, you know, learning, or they're just there all the time. And you're like, all right, we're doing an arts and crafts night. Um, one thing that, that I recommend, you know, for folks that are just getting into painting, um, especially sharing it with their kiddos is, is find something that's medium scaled. And what I mean by that is don't necessarily get something that's big, like a 75 millimeter or larger thinking, well, it's bigger, it's going to be easier. Uh, but don't get the 28 millimeter with all sorts of tiny little details. Sure. Um, I think that there's a really good medium. Um, I, I, many manufacturers uh, will make some, you know, less expensive options. Like I'm looking at my desk right here, uh, dice heads makes, they had a Kickstarter not too long ago. And for folks that do, you know, have a 3D printer, or maybe there's somebody at their local game store that has one, um, they make some really good sized models. They're, you know, uh, larger, it look, looks like 54 millimeter, but something that has big features. And if you're just getting into painting, I think that's a really great place to start, not only from a technical standpoint, because it's easier to paint uh, you know, larger shapes, you're learning brush control, uh, but also I think for kiddos, uh, when, when they have something that they can really see and maybe they don't have the best brush control, but uh, sure. it's, it's, it's something that is manageable. Like, you know, the expectation is I can still paint this because it's not too big and it's not going to make a huge mess, but it's not so small that they're going to get frustrated. Right. And I think that's, that's something picking the mini is, is, um, you know, pretty crucial. I know that bones, um, most game stores carry those and they're, uh, you know, affordable. They're like two, $3. And I think the larger ones get up to like eight ninety nine. but you know, find, find something that's cheap and fun and that your kid likes. I think yeah. if you spot something and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love that baby dragon. Do that. Because yeah, then they're sure. going to be excited about it and take ownership and, uh, you know, really be, enthusiastic uh about painting that one model that really you know it spoke to them i don't know shouted shouted them yeah. at them from the opposite side of the room i mean we've we've all been to the local game store and you see something on the shelf and you just like make a beeline for it and you're like this i need this in my life <laughs> i hope uh, that answers your question <laughs> no that's great advice actually. I'm, I'm actually looking at your, i think one of those dice heads is, is is the dice head goblin you yes. can put little dice in his 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 skull right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It fits a D20. Uh, but uh, the the gentleman that had started that Kickstarter and that, you know, is the one behind Dice Heads, he had emailed me and said, hey, I really liked, you know, what you did. And, and I just thanked him for, you know, all, all his hard work and the sculpts because they have a lot of personality. I've got an owlbear and I think a cultist uh, that I haven't painted. But but yeah, there's there's so many great miniatures out there, and if you if you are lucky enough to have a local game store that has something, um, you know that that you can work on that is within your price range and something that your kids might be able to be excited about, um, see if if you can go to your local craft store and find a local or uh, like a wet palette. I think one of the things that is frustrating for for kids when they're starting to paint is when the paint dries up. And sure. then it gets chunky and it's kind of a mess. But I mean, even even young kids with a wet palette, again, they're not going to make a big mess. And it's something that you can share and, you know, share different paints and not like a, a little well palette that you have just right in front of you. That's going to dry up a little bit faster, especially if you're in a dry climate like Arizona or Wisconsin during the winter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, the Masterson's Stay Wet Palette and it's S-T-A-W-E-T. Uh, but I want to say it runs like 10, 15 bucks, but it comes with the little sponge and the paper. And all you need is just a paint, uh, you know, paint water cup and a couple of brushes and go to town. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great recommendation. Um, so we talked a lot about how what, what you paint for competition and instruction. Um, what do you paint for fun these days, if anything? Sure. Um, well, one, that dice head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. I saw it at my game store. I was like, I, what, what are these? Tell me more. It's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for fun, I've been looking at the Creepy Tables busts. Um, 
they have some really great, I'm looking at this one. It's called, let me think, uh, Cozy. And it's basically a pretty lady holding a coffee mug. And I was like, I, this is, I, this is coffee themed. Everything I do is coffee themed. I have to have this. You know, let's, um, let's, let's, let's pause for a second. Sure. You love coffee, I've gathered. Oh, <laughs> just a little. I've only just mentioned it every other word now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sorry, what was the question? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, is is coffee a real lifestyle choice for you? I mean, your your, your name is Mocha. You got Mocha's miniatures. You're drinking oh. coffee. You, you got a coffee themed Space Marine army. What's what's, 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 what's your co- what are your coffee recommendations? Let's get into the real stuff here. <laughs> sure. Well, it, it kind of it came out of um, you know I played World of Warcraft back in the day uh, through Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King. You know uh, I played all the way up into until um, what is it Mists of Pandaria uh, when I needed to like back up and like get back in the real world because it was just like sucking me in day and night. But I used to drink coffee and just like play all night, like till five o'clock in the morning and then try to get a couple of hours of sleep and then go to work. Uh, but but yeah, I I named all of my characters uh, in WoW after coffee drinks. And my main was Mochaccino because I would drink mo- mocha frappuccinos. And it just kind of became an online handle when I would join forums and different things. Cause you know, as we all know, you don't put your first and last name or your real name, like, you know, as your, <laughs> as your uh-huh. avatar, um, you know, maybe your parents did when they first signed up for, you know, uh, Facebook, yeah, sure. like mom, you can't do that. But, but yeah, I, I uh, just kind of took that theme and ran with it. Cause I would just drink coffee and paint minis. And um, I don't know, especially when I started Twitch, I just, one of the things that is kind of the theme is the high energy and we talk a lot. We've got, you know, a lot of fun conversation that happens in chat, you know, in the moment while we're painting and it just kind of became a theme. I don't know. It's now that I think about it, I'm like, is that, yeah, it sounds kind of boring, but <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> how it evolved. But yeah, it's just, I'll drink coffee before the stream so I can be super excited and sure. you know, be, be really into it and hyped because my natural state is actually kind of a, a you know quiet introvert, which people think I'm lying. Um, but I masquerade as an extrovert because I'm easily excited, uh-huh. especially about like, you know, creative stuff and I just can't shut up. And so, you know, I just drink coffee and keep going like the Energizer Bunny until I just passed out. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, that, that, I'm, I'm satisfied with that answer. I'll, I'll allow Excellent. the interview to continue. Uh, <laughs> so we, we were talking about uh, what you like to paint for fun these days. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to get into larger busts. Um, you know, that's one thing that I haven't really done because I haven't played with the airbrush too much. Most of everything, well, most everything that I painted is just all 100% brush work with the exception of Zenithal priming with the airbrush, um, mm-hmm. priming it black and then a spritz at like a 30 degree angle, um, you know, with a white primer. But, you know, honestly, I, I haven't painted a lot of things for fun because I mean, I've luckily been, been busy with commissions, which is awesome. Um, so definitely not complaining about that, but I'm trying to think of what else I like to paint chibis. Yeah. I think they're, they're kind of a quick paint. Again, if you're just getting into painting and especially with uh, beginner painters that are under the age of 14, they love chibis. And again, I I think it's, if you're a grown person, it's okay to like chibis too. Sure. So um, I'll paint some of those, but really it's whatever catches my eye. Um, You know, part of the whole coffee ADD thing is just like, Ooh, shiny. And, you know, other than kingdom death, some bigger busts trying to get into, you know, the larger scale and um, stuff like that. I've got a backlog of minis like you would not believe. Oh, and I, I think, believe. yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think many people can relate. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, so it's do, do, you, do you still game at all or is all your miniatures painting work mostly just one-off stuff for display or competition? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the latter because, uh, you know, our, our group that met, we moved like to opposite parts of the country and yeah. we, we tried to do the roll 20 thing. And uh, we actually played a couple of games uh, years and years ago with a friend that was deployed in Afghanistan and uh, he would, you know, make the time and we'd run like really quick one-off games, um, you know, while he had, sure. you know, somewhat stable internet. And, and that right. was really cool to play with people that were on the other side of the world. Yeah. But 
you'd be surprised how hard it is to get people that live close together together. I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's unfortunate. And I was going to join a local uh, Warhammer group that was doing, you know, uh, games and tournaments. And that was all, you know, last February, which uh-huh. as we know, that's kind of when everything um, went to mandatory hermit mode. Yeah. So, yeah. But hopefully one day, you know, get that back and going. Cause I, I really did enjoy that. Oh, you know what? Uh, what is it? It's I call it Gloomhaven Light, but we uh, we got together with our friends, our our quarantine bubble friends, and um, we played. I, I don't know. It's not the regular Gloomhaven game, but Draw oh, uh, to the Lion. I, I think I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it was so much fun, and I was like, I miss this. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I don't mind playing with unpainted minis in, in this case, but just to have sure. a little bit of game time with your friends and enjoy that that tabletop goodness. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been no, I think everybody's missing it right now. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned you, you were thinking about getting into Warhammer. You might still get into it, you know, whenever uh, the world stops ending. But uh, <laughs> will, will that be your first time doing army painting? Um, y- yes-ish. So I've done, you know, again, I've done like a you know, groups of minis, you know, at the same theme, like that the same minis are, uh, you know, again, a couple of uh, Warhammer um, uh, squads, but I have not painted a complete army. I cannot claim that I've, that I've done that. <laughs> I've painted bits and pieces and added to some, but a complete one, that's on my, my list of things to do to uh, prove to myself that um, I'm an official mini painter if I paint an <laughs> army, right? That's that's like a rite, a rite of passage. <laughs> something anyway. Is, is, is that something you're looking forward to, or are you kind of approaching it with some sense of dread, or a little bit of both? Yeah, yeah. I it's mandatory that I would need to have good, uh, you know, experience with the airbrush, and I. I had the Patriot, uh, what's the 105 uh, from Badger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that did really, really well for several years, you know, with priming. But there mistakes were made in some cleaning and um, long story short, garbage disposal didn't go well. I don't want to talk about it, but Mm -hmm. I had to retire it. Uh, But now I've got my uh, Vex airbrush and I'm looking forward to to using that. uh, one of my friends on Twitch, Impending Duff, had sent me a uh, with the hose that goes to it because the one I had, of course, didn't fit my new airbrush. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. But again, that's going to be my next big thing that I tackle because when you have an airbrush and you try to paint something and it looks like garbage and you're like, I could have painted this in half the time with a regular old paintbrush and it would have looked twice as good. Yeah, so that's it's it's been hard to fully dedicate myself to struggling through beginner airbrush drama. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Actually, I, you know, I, I've had the same airbrush for a few years and you know, I can use it for basically, you know, um, applying base coats and occasionally a Zenith or something like that. But, you know, I, I, I need to take a class before I get any, any real work with the thing done. <laughs> and uh, I, just, I just never quite seem to find the time when I'm at a convention or some such. But uh, is, 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 do you think you would take classes yourself for that sort of stuff? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still do, in fact. And I, <laughs> a lot of times people will be like, why are you taking this class? I'm like, why not? I don't know everything, sure. you know, <laughs> like, especially with airbrush and I mean, weathering. I, I've taken several classes in weathering and, and it hasn't stuck yet, but maybe the third class will, will yeah. really, you know, make more sense to me. <laughs> It'll finally click. I mean, it can it can just be so overwhelming to learn a new technique. I think even more so if you're an established painter and you have a basic skill set. When you decide to move out of that comfort zone and learn something new, it, it's almost doubly intimidating. You know, when you're when you're first starting out, you know, you know it's going to suck, right? You know, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're the, the bar is very low. But when you're starting to produce pretty stuff, you're pretty happy with. Now you're almost back to zero with this new technique, and it's just like, man, I can just I can just do this my old way and it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. How, how do you do you find yourself fighting that often? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, especially nowadays when, you know, you put stuff online and, you know, work in progress Wednesday, or, you know, you've got stuff on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, Facebook. And sometimes you're just putting stuff out there to show people what you're working on. And it, I think one of the 
more upsetting things. And again, trying to take ego out of it is, you know, when I'll post something and, and it's a new technique for me and someone will say, this really isn't up to your normal standard. What's up? Uh-huh. And I'm like, ouch. I mean, that's <laughs> not the point though, is it? Yeah. But then I don't want to put anything out there that isn't like, you know, I don't know what people expect. What do people sure. expect? I don't know, you know, but I guess not that. So when it comes to trying something new, it's it's really tough. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to do that in my own time and work through that. I know that we'll try different things on Twitch. You know, when you're painting live, stuff doesn't always go well. And, you know, what? that's kind of the the whole gist of it though. Like we're trying something. It's a shared experience. I'm, this is not a class. If you want to take a class from me, you can go to my Patreon page where we, we do private classes, but this sure. is just fun and to show the process. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll work on commissions. Other times I'll do kind of some tutorial ish things on Twitch when someone asks like, how do you wet blend? Uh, but for the most part, when I'm trying something new, I've got to like tell people, hey guys, I'm bad at this. I'm right. going to work on it. Don't worry, I will get better. Like, I don't know, I have to have that caveat, but <laughs> you know. No, I mean, it's um, understandable, right? You don't know who's yeah. just walking in or seeing you for the first time or, you know, what their expectations are. It's good to manage that. Right. Yeah. And, and managing expectations is, is huge because you can be really, really great at one thing or, you know, several things, but you could also be equally as bad at other techniques. And when you don't work on them because you're afraid of what people are going to think or say, or you're just going to be disappointed in your in yourself, you, you don't grow. And that's something that I've always tried to do with every single miniature that I paint, you know, like, I don't know, paint, paint something that you've never tried before. Uh, try a different color scheme. Uh, but but try it on a mini that isn't the most amazing mini you've ever had, special sure. limited edition. They only made five. Don't choose that mini for it. <laughs> go get a Reaper Bones Orc. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, just play around. I think especially people that have been painting for a while and start to, you know, have competition or have some, you know, recognition online. That's one of the hardest things to do is just start at the basic level and be bad at something again, you know, but it's, it's yeah. kind of nice. It's kind of nice to be bad at something. It, and I know that sounds great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it means that you have room to grow. And I like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's a commendable way to look at it. Um, so actually, I was kind of wondering, you know, I, I, whenever I speak to professional painters and competitive painters and stuff here, I'm curious, what are your, what are your kind of go-to hobby tools? You know, what brushes do you like to start? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> with the pumpkin spice latte of brushes. Now the Windsor and Newton series seven, uh, I'll use, uh, zero, one, and two for the brush sizes, but I also have just, you know, your average craft hobby brush that I'll use for base coats and, you know, dry brushing. I mean, there's all, all sorts of, I mean, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight brushes in my immediate view right now, just on Uh the table. And only two of them are good brushes. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I think that, well, the reason I like those brushes and I don't go with the miniature ones. So they, they make two types. Right. There's the miniature brush and then the round. And I go with the round because it has, uh, frankly, it's longer bristles, so less likely to mess it up by getting paint in the ferrule. And I don't, it just, it holds paint and water better. You can, you know, again, I live in, in Wisconsin and I have to change the way that I paint depending on the season. Oh yeah. So, you know, <laughs> one of what I'm, I'm running both a space heater and a humidifier at the same time huh. to be able to wet blend and also not freeze to death. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, let's see what other go to. Uh, oh yes. So I get these off of Micromark. Um, I get their little catalog in the mail, but it's the micro mesh dual angle files. And they come in like a pack of, I think, 10. And I want to say they're like 14 bucks, but they're one of the more expensive things that I buy, but I swear by them. They've got, you know, um, different types of, you know, grit, what uh, like medium, ultra fine, mm-hmm. coarse, etc. And I use those to, you know, on metal, on, you know, especially my resin minis to really get a nice, yeah, yeah. smooth, um, you know, finish in, in, I like that they're angled. They get into, you know, places that you otherwise would have a hard time, uh, sanding. Oh, let's see. What else? 
Um, oh, brush yeah. cleaners. Go ahead. Oh, sure. I've got, I'm just like looking around and like, like yeah. what's, what's on my desk? So if you hear like rattling and stuff, that's, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> so brush cleaner, I'll use just, you know, your average, it's like beige. It's the, it's like a the master's. Little, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it's just, yep. <laughs> the master's brush cleaner. That is what it's called. It's super cheap. Uh, but I also use um gentastics drunken brush goop and i know that shoshi also swears by this so i'll probably um <laughs> she she was the one that turned me on to this in fact i haven't heard about this so tell me all about it yeah yeah so it's uh it's magical but um if i know jen and jason from uh monument uh, or slow fuse um they they do you know gosh they've got the pro acrylic line of paint they've got brushes they've got all sorts of stuff but um one of the things that I had gotten that I really liked was was their brush goop. And I'll use this not only for cleaning my brushes at the end of a painting session, but also conditioning them. Like I'll wash them off and um, then I'll roll them in this and let them dry that way. And when I pick them up again, uh, you know, the bristles are all where they're supposed to be. They haven't, you know, gone haywire. Because again, sometimes I'll condition a brush and come back and be like, whoa, who painted yeah. with that? What yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's one thing that I'll do, and I think that that absolutely improves the longevity of of your brush. Hmm. I'll be picking then, some of that up myself. That stuff sounds great. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 great. You can get it on their on their website. Um, plus, I, I love there's a <laughs> there's a unicorn on it, and it's it's just it's really cute. The packaging is great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of what else. You know, I like my go paint holder. I know that sounds silly of like my go-to. It's, it's, some people have like the, you know, I 3D printed this and I got this custom made and I paid uh-huh. $40 for this. And it's made out of, I don't know, zebra wood um, made in Mongolia by cats. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> um, I I really like my go paint holder. It's, it's kind of, um, if you think it's in between a cylinder and an hourglass. And it's about, you know, one and a half inches tall and about two inches wide. But it has, you know, the little divot on the inside, you know, the little hourglass shape allows you to hold it with your hands in a comfortable manner. And there's Mm -hmm. like a little place for cork on one side, but I use the, I guess the bottom of it. And I just use blue tack and I stick my minis on there and it uh, usually does a good job. Um, But sometimes I reuse blue tack that's not as effective. And then... You know, live on Twitch, we're like, "Hey, we just finished this mini," and then it tumbles off and something breaks, and I'm like, "Yeah, we're doing it live, folks." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, things that can go wrong, but yeah. And uh, again, the gentleman that owns the the company also is is really nice, and um, we did some giveaways where I was like, "Hey, uh, can I like buy some brush holders from you because they're amazing?" And I know this sounds really weird, but I'm fangirling over over your uh super lightweight wonderful they're i they're not paying me to say this i just love them <laughs> go paint holder but yeah i like that right so how about paints what uh, what, what are your what are your favorite brands or hues or whatever you whatever you go to yeah um well i started with reaper just because that's kind of how i got into the hobby and i went on ebay and when i was first getting into painting i had a very very small craft budget and or I guess a hobby budget and I would find like used paints and you know somebody that was either you know getting out of the hobby or they just had too many paints and forgot that they had that color already and bought a new one and they put their old one up for (laughs) for sale but I just get these like you know the random lot of of paints and I got p3 um you know reaper and some citadel stuff out of it and then once uh you know I had a better job and I was able to save up. That's when I started, you know, playing with different types of paints. But I I found that I really like the matte, a matte quality to my um, painting. I know that some people like the glossy, some people like that, you know, in between satin finish. Uh, But, but one thing that I, I started to, to find out is you can't have enough holders when you have this much paint. And, I mean, you, you, you can, you can have holders, but it's still going to end up as a mess on your desk if you're not careful. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I think that for metallics, I just discovered this maybe six months ago. Uh, but the scale scale color from Scale seventy five, I had not used their metallics, and I think they're gel based. If I if I'm not mistaken, and mm-hmm. they go on really nice and smooth. And I used it on um, my uh, recent commission where I painted Thanos from uh, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Oh, I was looking at that on your blog. It's a beautiful piece you did. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I, uh, I was not sure. <laughs> I hadn't done true metallic metal in a while. I had been, you know, NMM for the last, yeah, I don't know how long. But I thought, you know what? I just found some metallic paints that I like. Let me use those and then do some glazing with my matte paints. And, um, you know, a while back, I had taken a class from Michael Proctor, and he teaches a shaded metallics class, which is fantastic. And if you ever get a chance to take it, I highly recommend it. Uh, but he, yeah, he, he basically shows you that, you know, metallic paints and true metallic metal, there is absolutely a place for it, especially in some larger scale uh, models. And, you know, what you can do to manipulate light and make it a really good cross between, you know, non-metallic metal that sometimes can look kind of flat and ceramic and uh, especially in in larger scale, um, you know, pieces. Mm -hmm. But he kind of shows how you can tint things, different colors and uh, just have it be more cohesive and not just be a big splotch of obvious metal paint on an otherwise matte mini. Um, Sure. It's, it's just, it's, it's really fun to be able to try something new. And again, you know, every paint, um, every paint line is different and I'm starting to experiment with inks. I know some other painters are experimenting with oils. I'm not there yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> I just introduced, I, I started messing with oils for the first time about a year and a half ago. Oh, and, nice. Um, How'd that I was, go? I was, it's, it's so easy. Really? <laughs> it's, it's so forgiving. Oh, um, I've heard that. Yeah, like you know, it was. It's. I was. I was. I was really nervous about it, right? And I was, I was paying a miniature for a buddy, and I was like, "This is. This is. This would be the miniature to try it on. It's looking to be like a real grungy, grimy look." And I watched a couple of videos online of people doing um, oil painting, specifically like Blanchitsu techniques. Okay. And I was like, "That actually doesn't look that hard." And I, I gave it a try, and like, that actually came out pretty good on the first try. But I mean, the cool thing about the oils is that you know, if you screw it up, you can fix it for hours, if not days, in some cases, right? Wow. And, uh, yeah, because, you know, the oil paint takes forever to dry. And, you know, if you're just doing oil washes, which is what I love, I, I, that's becoming a go-to for me is um, I make a very dilute um, wash of, you know, a lamp black or a burnt umber with mm-hmm. uh, white spirit. And then, you know, that's, it's, you know, it's like cheap Agrax Earthshade, essentially. But, you know, if you want to, you can make it heavier yourself and then you get like nice streaks. It's great for weathering and grimy miniatures. I wouldn't do it for a really clean looking job, but um, I found it really just easy to deal with and very forgiving. And like, it's, you know, it's certainly the easiest technique I've learned since I started painting that, you know, um, was sort of different for me, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I'd say go for it. You'll, you'll, you'll pick it up real fast. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that because I've been uh, watching a couple of folks, you know, play with oils and, and it looks like, you know, if, again, if you're new to wet blending and you're trying to learn how to manipulate the, the paint or play with the viscosity and all that good stuff, um, I, I, I don't know. Watching people paint with oils, I'm like, this looks like magic. I don't know. Yeah, but um, hopefully I'll be able to experiment and, and try that. Because, yeah, I've, I've heard that consistently across the board. Um, but how, how do you get it to dry? Like, <laughs> you just patience? Uh, okay. <laughs> patience? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> what I found um, in cool temperatures, it takes longer to dry. Huh, okay. Um, so I usually, but you, and you, but you don't want to blast it with heat, like with a hairdryer, because that will kind of keep it wet. It's, it's sort of a weird um, yeah, middle section. Counter, counterintuitive, you'd think. Yeah, but I, I, like, I, actually, I actually washed a bunch of Chaos Space Marines with, a, with oil washes last night. And, oh, um, cool. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's very thin stuff. It's, it's mostly, it's more white spirit than pigment, really. So that stuff dries pretty fast. But, like, for those, I, I had a space heater going anyway, so I just kind of put them about five feet away from the space heater, like on mm-hmm. a board. And that kind of like general ambient heat warmed them up pretty good, and they were they were they dried like four or five hours. Very um, cool. But, uh, I yeah, tried I, things with a space heater, and uh, the first time I did that, it did not go well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, got a little close, huh? Oh yeah, a little close. Yeah, I thought, ah, oh, you know, about six inches away should be fine. Nope, ooh. I came back to like a oof. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was like yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark melting. <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> it was, it was not pretty. 
Yeah, so, you know, use common sense, but... Uh, <laughs> right? Your, your <laughs> I, I honestly do not have a lot of that, which is sad. You know, you can be book smart, but sometimes, sometimes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you'll have fun with the wells, and I think you're going to find it really easy to deal with. Okay. What, now, what um, I guess brand? If I'm if I'm looking to start getting into oils, you know, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm no expert, but you know, I just went to an art supply store and I bought three tubes of Windsor Newton. Um, what did I buy? I bought a burnt umber, lamp black, and um, titanium orange. Whatever, oh. like you know, three, and they're going to last me the rest of my life because you don't really need very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. But you, know, I think yeah, it was maybe yeah. fifteen bucks on the paints. Oh, and I should point out, you do need to get um, synthetic brushes. Ooh, good to know. Now, the, why uh, is that? Because the the oil and the um, the white spirit, which is um, it's basically turpentine, will just des- it just devours natural fiber brushes. Yikes! Good to know. Okay. Yeah. But you know, if, if you're not if you're if you're just doing it for like general blending and stuff, you know, a ten dollar pack of cheap brushes from the art store will, will get you where you need to be. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I could definitely do that. Yeah, I've, I've ruined more. Um, speaking of common sense, <laughs> never ever put glue on your wet palette thinking that you won't mistake it for paint. That's a yeah. pro tip for Mocha. Thank you. Yeah, that's I, I dipped a brand new like $25 Ooh. brush oh. in super glue. <laughs> like the, the night before a competition, I'm like, I can fix this one little detail on this mini. Oof. Okay, also don't do that. Um, (laughs) and as I'm trying to fix it, I break the mini and I'm like, no, anyway, so I'm putting it back together and I'm panicking and I've got my glue and then I've got this. And so I get it back and it looks pretty good. And it's, it's now, you know, reattached and I just take my brand new brush and I dip it right in the super glue thinking it's water and I'm going to mix it with, uh, yeah. So that, that happened. Check that off the uh, list. (laughs) Oh, hashtag common sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, I think we're probably wrap up, let you go, but I have one last question for you. Uh, sure. So this is our first podcast of the year and uh, Brush Builders Union members every year, they partake, the opportunity to partake in what we call the, the, the uh, annual hobby pledge where uh, at the beginning of the year, they, they pledge their hobby goal for the year. It can be whatever they want. And oh, anybody, yeah. anybody who's a full member who uh, completes their goal gets in a unique enamel pin uh, about this time next year. So uh, in the spirit of the hobby pledge, do you have any hobby pledges for 2021? Ooh. Oh. Uh, finish another dragon. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I hobby pledges. What, no, I'll, I'll ask you, what, what's yours? My hobby pledge, I haven't quite finalized it because I think I might be doing something different, but I, I know one of my pledges is I'm going to build a set of terrain for use in a skirmish game. Ooh, that's a cool, I love that goal. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, and it's it's going to be a three by three table, so I don't need a whole lot. It's probably going to be a, I don't know five or six pieces and maybe a mat for it. So it's it's something that I know I can accomplish this year and will challenge me in a few ways, but isn't going to be a major source of stress and concern for me. If I get to October, I'm like, oh crap, I, I got to do all this work to finish my hobby goal. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I've actually um, I've actually been advising people. You know, this, will, this will be this is the third year we're doing the hobby goal, Brush Builders Union. And um, what I what I've really found to suggest to people is to pick something that you know is going to challenge, something that you can use to hold yourself accountable to achieve this goal, but not something you're going to make yourself miserable with. Because you know I've, right. I've had a few people who have had really ambitious goals, and in some cases they've made them, and I'm really happy for them. But in other cases, you know they've fallen short or they didn't quite get there, and it's because their goal was so huge that even though they their their achievement in the hobby was really substantial, they they beat themselves up about it. And I really suggest people don't do that. Like pick your pick your pledge to be something that you know is going to help you and not be a burden. Sure. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, something that's realistic. Again, I mean, in general, I'd, I'd love to paint more things with an airbrush, but I, I think that my goal is going to be, you know, as a, as a student and a learner of painting, uh, definitely getting more involved in airbrushing. And yeah. not necessarily details, but trying to use the airbrush for more than just priming. And even if it's sure. just for base coats and, you know, um, identifying the light source. But hmm. not being afraid of my airbrush, I think, is going to be a big 2021 goal. <laughs> that's that's what cool. I will pledge. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but I, I guess, you know, as, as a teacher, I, I would like to be more proactive in trying to you know, get out there for my local game store. Um, there was a local uh, online convention that they did not too long ago. And, and I, uh, that little dice head, in fact, was uh, for their uh, charity auction. But I think 
as far as is, you know, the fact that we're all mostly, you know, for the most part, stuck at home, uh, whether you're working from home or you're, you know, in between jobs, you're getting back into a hobby just to keep sane. I, I would love to be better about organizing that locally. I think yeah. that that's something that absolutely could be, um, you know, be more better. Yep. Those are words. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have like a really great point and you're super excited about it and then it falls apart at the end and you're like that, mm -hmm. that, that thing, the end, period, statement, declarative ah. sentence. <laughs> I'm bad about ending sentences, Simon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. Well, that's a great set of goals, I think. Well, thanks. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll check in with you this time next year and see how you did with them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on uh, Facebook on um, that, that people were making their pledges. And I, I thought that was a really great idea. Yeah, it kind of keeps you honest, right? It gives you something to work towards. And, you know, mm -hmm. if, you, if, you, if you're a member and you, you make a goal, you get a cool pin. We make, we make it, we do a different one each year. So it's always unique. I love and, that. Uh, it's just a little, little bit of encouragement, right? And then, you know, people who are members, they can get on the Discord and talk about their progress and all that stuff. Very cool. Yeah, built-in support system and social accountability. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. And then of course, it's you know, a good I, balance. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a Facebook gallery where I collect everybody's um, completed goals if they want to submit them, and they go up on there for everybody to take a look at and ooh and ah awesome. over and always lots of cool stuff. But nice. uh, enough enough about me and, uh, and the Brushwoods community. I just want to thank you again for coming on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Maybe maybe someday we'll meet at a convention and uh, we can talk in person. But uh, between now and then, if you're listening. I hope you'll take a look at the show notes for this episode. You'll find links to all of Mocha's uh, or Twitch, Twitter, Patreon, everything she's got. Uh, so go check it out and support Mocha and check out her uh, all the cool stuff she's doing. But uh, awesome. Mocha, again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had such a good time. Hopefully everybody yeah. enjoys my rambling, but I, I had a great time, uh, just my conversation with you, Simon. So thank you and keep up the great work <laughs> with the Brush Builders Union. Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm -hmm.